Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome. It's a Seinfeld podcast. Um, I'm here with Laura. Laura, how are you doing today? Good, good. Last Friday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Always, like I said, it's a good way of ending our week. Well, technically, I work on Saturday, so my week's not over yet, but I, I guess the time where I interact with more people is over. Usually, Saturday's a lot less busy, so it's good. Um, yeah, so this is, <laughs> I don't know if it's controversial, but this is the episode that we're going to talk about today. We haven't really been looking forward to it for different reasons. Um, the Cigar Store Indian. And Laura, she said this to me privately. And Laura, you said this. I think we talked about this show off and on for the past couple weeks. You're not a fan of the Cigar Store Indian. No, it's, it annoys me. <laughs> well, let me. I, I want to know why you think about this. But I got a serious question to ask because, you know, it's. 2021, and we went to 2020, and you know, there's a lot of rape stuff that came up that we're trying to figure out, and it kind of made us think about how each of us reflect on race and everything. It, it was funny because I looked at this episode as the writers were trying to look at race issues, and again, the show is about 30 years old, so race issues were, I mean, obviously, racism was an issue back then. But the race issues probably were a little bit different in a different context. I, I guess the serious question I want to ask you at first is, do you think, like, were they trying to make a big point about race? Were they just trying to mock racial issues? I, I That's what I'm trying to get my hand around. I don't, I don't know what the, what, what the answer is. That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I wrote down um, in my notes that <laughs> this is kind of a cop out, but in their own special way, they force people to think about tough issues. I mean, when you when you look at it, um, they this you know racial stuff. This was one um, old like old people, you know, dealing with you know people who were aged. Um, the homosexuality was another one that they dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, they, they didn't really deal with them, you know. They were always basically taking the, you know, walking around the outside of the issue, you know. Yeah. They, they, I mean, it's a comedy. So yeah. it's a comedy show, and it's a comedy show. <laughs> As you know, as we all know, you know, it's a comedy show about people who are really not that great a group of people, you know, right. what I mean? at right. their base. So, um, 
I mean, that's, I mean, what bothers me about it is that it's kind of like, um, we've, I don't think we've ever talked, or maybe we have, about like, there were, re there's reasons I don't like King of Queens and, you know, a lot, it took me a long time to like, um, uh, what's the, uh, Ray Romano, what's the, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I am not a fan of these types of, the types of situations where there's always somebody like yelling at somebody, you know, like the, yeah. wife, the two wives constantly yelling, you know, it's just annoying to me, you know, and I just, I never, I mean, I can understand why the, um, the girl in the show was upset, but like when she kept getting mad at him and acting, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hard. This is a hard thing, you know, to talk about, but I just, you know, the just watching that kind of anger is not like one of my favorite things to do. You know, I mean, you deal with you deal with like kind of nasty, you know, nasty people all the time, and I don't want to turn on a show and see nasty people. Then, you know. Well, and I kind of wonder. I mean, Sanford dealt with race various times. Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent one, I, I guess, in our podcast that we talked about was the one where. Elaine was dating a guy and you yeah. know she didn't know what race he was and he didn't know what race she was. Yeah. And I kind of liked how they dealt with it because yeah, I mean, we talked about the racial aspect of it, and man, if you really want to break it down, I mean we could talk a lot more about it, I'm sure. But I kind of liked how they ended up with, oh, okay, let's go to the mall. And you know, he wasn't around that much more, so the relationship didn't continue and everything, but it wasn't like it, it wasn't dealt in a way where you're like, oh man, I, I want more. I don't like the way they did it. Yeah. I don't know what kind of bothered me was they talked about it so long that I think they were trying to make a point, even in a funny way. Um, the the girlfriend, I didn't like how she responded to it because yeah, you know, depending on what race you are or or if you're feel strongly about issue, yeah, you could get offended easy. And yeah, you've got the right to be offended easy. I'm not mm -hmm. saying she shouldn't have got offended as easily. Right. She I'm not saying that either. Yeah. But I, I think what I didn't like about it was and again, they did for comedy. So Jerry went right to the reservations and Indian Giver and all this other stuff. But like I, I think if you're trying to make a valid point and well, you made the valid point saying, Hey, this whole show is based about people who can't communicate well to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But I kind of wonder, so they spent 10 minutes of a show talking about this. And I'm thinking back then, and especially now, Hey, when you're dealing with somebody, that's different, uh, a different skin color, a different belief system on something, the whole thought would be is okay. Yeah. You can express your feelings. You shouldn't make fun of each other, and you find a way of recognizing your what what you find similar, and, and you work toward that. Mm -hmm. And I I just didn't like how they portrayed her as, hey, anything that is offensive, she gets offended at, and Jerry doesn't understand and everything. I, I wish there was a way to kind of wrap it up because it's almost like, ha ha, you know, they're saying racial stuff and they don't get each other, and. I don't know. Like, I don't want Seinfeld to teach me about race. I, I just got left with a bad taste after that part of the episode. Or, or am I looking way too much into it? 
I don't know. Um, well, you brought something up that's very interesting that I thought about while you were talking, actually. No, but, um, <laughs> but in that episode with Elaine and the boyfriend, yeah, there, there was um, acknowledgement of the situation. This one, like... Jer, um, when she was sitting with George in the restaurant, and George is like, I don't think we should be talking about this, you know? And um, there was like acknowledgement that there was an issue. Here, it was just he said something, he said a bunch of things that were offensive. She got mad. Once she walked, a couple times she walked away. There was never any kind of discussion about the issue. You know, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this to say that any of this was acceptable. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say these kinds of things, you know, it's true. Yeah. And I agree with that, but I mean, I think the thing that we now 20 years later have come to realize in dealing with a lot of these things is Yes, you shouldn't say them, but there's really a reason you shouldn't say them, you know? Yeah. Reason people get upset, you know? It's not just people getting upset. I, in my opinion, like these kinds of things, there should be some learning going on, you know? Like yeah. Like in this case, there's a lot of language in our society that's very rough to Italian, um, Italian Indian Indians, you know? Native Americans. Um, yeah, I, I guess I looked at the Elaine issue as, yeah, it was a racial issue. It's an issue that we face, but they did it in a light matter where, you know, whatever Elaine's race turned out to be, it's fine. And whatever his race turned out to be, it's fine. I, I think this was a little bit deeper of an issue. And I, I wasn't expecting them like, to have a big racial seminar afterwards and they explain what they did or whatever. But I, I kind of wish there was a more satisfying conclusion because it went a little deeper and darker than Elaine's relationship with her boyfriend, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, to me, that cloud the episode. And I'll be honest, if you take some of that away, I like the rest of the episode. I mean, uh, I, I thought the cigar store Indian was kind of weird that Jerry bought, but obviously, you know, he buys the cigar store Indian to set up the, conflict in the story between him and the girl he was dating. I mean, I totally get that. Um, I, I do think it's kind of weird. I mean, not that it's too extravagant a gift, but man, I, like, could you imagine me bringing up a cigar store ending up in San Francisco News Herald to you or something? It, it seems like a weird gift to buy somebody, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of out of the blue, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, he was he was trying to show off in front of Winona, the yeah. who is Native American. Um, but you know, he had no idea she was, and he just wouldn't he wouldn't stop. You know, yeah. And, I mean, like I said previously to to you, Chris, on you know off the air, that um, I uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy to say that. Jerry is the cause of pretty much everything that goes wrong in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he gets, he screws around and gets, you know, Winona mad at him. He gets Kramer 
you know, to screw up with the one of the worst versions of the uh, Indian uh, American Indian offense, you know, types of offense that you can do. Yeah. Um, and then he gives he gives a he gives Elaine Mr. Costanza's TV book, you know, yeah. and, you know, and gets her in trouble. You know, it's just it's crazy the way everything just sort of flows from Jerry in this episode. And there's never really any comeuppance for Jerry other than he it loses the girl, probably. So I really think, you know, sometimes we talk about MVPs the episode. Maybe we should leave it at this. Um, you know, Jerry and the girlfriend were the least valuable players of the episode. Because if this episode was a half hour of just Jerry and the girlfriend, yeah, it could be the worst ever, by far. Mm-hmm. I, I was satisfied with the other aspects. So maybe we should focus more of our time on the, the fun aspects yeah. of it. I, I liked... Um, I, I like the. Uh, well, how do we start? Um, start with George. Yeah. It's like so much going on with George in this episode. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. You know, from his, the way he reacted to Kramer using the little soaps that you're not supposed to use in someone's back. Yeah. And the way he reacted to Jerry putting the cup down on the coffee table. You know, with his, you know, it didn't get very much. It didn't get a lot of laughs in the show. But one of the best, one of the best lines in this whole episode is where George, you know, he says, "Well, why don't you put a coffee table book over it?" And he's like, "My parents don't read. I wonder yeah. why the book is on the table." Yeah. It was a great line. Um, and then the way that the guy in the store talks to him, and he says, <laughs> he says, when Jerry or when. George says, um, I have to have it back on Monday um, because my parents are coming home. And the guy says, oh, you left them home? They, they left you home alone, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then the girl, the girlfriend, I forget. I honestly don't remember what her name is. The girl that works at the store, you know, she's, she sees his baby picture in the house. And he's, she's like, it kind of goes around with the rest of the decor. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm putting my plug on my computer in. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was interesting. And you've said this before. I I really think for the whole cast, there is a bunch of fun that could be had on these episodes mm-hmm. when you look at how they kind of revert back to their childhood often. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the other episode where um you know, Krista Miller, who is um Drew Carey's girlfriend and mm-hmm. friend on the Drew Carey show, you know, there was that episode where, you know, there was a lot of, hey, do you like George, yes or no, and everything. Yeah. I thought that was uh, funny, too. And I, I thought the show kind of went into that, too, which made me laugh. Yeah. I really, um, also, you know, we got our old MVP, you know, George, uh, Frank Costanza, and this style is pretty good, too. Um, but Frank Costanza is hilarious in this episode. Where he, when he grounds him. Yes. You know, that's awesome. The fact that he could pick out um, that his TV guide was missing because the stack wasn't big enough. The stack of mail wasn't big enough. Um, he's awesome. And, you know, he's awesome in every episode. The way he talks to the guy that brings, <laughs> brings Elaine the cut-up TV guide. He's talking about which ones he likes the best. 
which episode, which uh, editions he likes the best. This is just outstanding. Um, that guy is the guy who then goes and I, I have to, I didn't, one thing I didn't check is um, I didn't look to see which, if this episode was first, it must have been. If this episode was before the one where that guy made the mannequin <laughs> that looks like Elaine. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that uh, about that part. I, I yeah, I think you know we've said this before. Any episode of Jerry Stiller makes it great. I mean, yeah, you, know, you can have the worst episode, put Jerry Stiller in, and that that brings up at least fifty points for me. Um, yeah, I thought Jerry Stiller was fantastic. I will say one line that maybe as a parent I totally get. I uh, and it was meant to be a funny line. When Jerry grounds him, and yeah, yeah. grounding the adult is kind of silly, but I, I do think there's was a lot of truth in what he said, saying, "Hey, if you come back here, you gotta respect the rules of the house." Yeah, it was funny in a comedy show, and I don't know if they intended that to be a funny line. Maybe Jerry kind of did that from his own life. Maybe Ben Stiller lived with him for a little bit as a doll. I don't know what it is, but mm -hmm. I kind of heard that line and said, "Boy, that makes sense." I kind of yeah. you know thought back to my childhood and everything. Um, I remember after college living at home for like six months, uh, as I was looking for uh, my first job at Toronto News Herald, where Laura and I worked. Um, yeah, I lived at home, and my parents kind of kept a little bit tired with fists and said, Hey, you live here at the house. So I, it was funny. I didn't know if that was meant to be a fine line or not, but mm -hmm. I actually saw some truth in that line that Jerry said, Jerry Stiller said. Um, I thought that was a, a good line. Uh, but you know, yeah, the whole thing about you know him taking his girlfriend, uh, you know they had sex in in his parents' house. Uh, I thought that was funny. I thought the part where she was looking around the house and commenting is you know obviously George is trying to make it look like it's his house, but the decorations are old. The the drink I think it was prune juice is what he offered her a drink, and he lost the combination to the to the liquor cabinet. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. Another thing, go run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another another thing that made me laugh was the, the stuff about the coffee table book. Yeah. That came from you know the damage Jerry did to <laughs> to the coffee table. Um and him meeting Mr. Lippman at the store and Lippman wanting the Indian. Uh and uh Whitman telling Elaine, this is the kind of idea you should be coming up with. What the hell are you, what the hell do you do here all day? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the coffee table book shows up a lot in this episode, in this um, series, you know, after this, you know, and its beginnings are hilarious and it becomes so much better when he's, when he does finally make it onto uh, Regis and Kathy Lee with the, yeah. it becomes a coffee table. Whereas yeah. this version was, it was a coaster going to be on it, um, which I loved, you know, Kramer, you know, Kramer's always fallen, you know, ass backward into millions. Um, the other thing that made me laugh was the gyro situation on the train yeah. and the fact that neither one of the people who went to get a gyro was able to get it. So these must be like solid gold gyros that they're that uh, 
that they're that attractive to people to try to get them anyway. Um, three bucks for a gyro, even 20 years ago, would have been pretty good. Um, the uh, Did you say the end of the episode to see Al Roker? Yeah. It was interesting. Like, they always got some, you know, interesting, um, you know, guest cameos there. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was funny. I mean, Al Roker said this secondly, but um, the creepy guy that was interested in Elaine beforehand, mm-hmm. I loved how they were like, you know, hey, is that your boyfriend? No, I'm single. <laughs> interesting. I mean, it just made me laugh because how many times would you respond to that at all? You know what I mean? Like, if you're looking for a date or if, or if somebody offers you a job, I mean, what worse response is you're like, hey, interesting. You know, it just kind of, it makes your skin crawl, but made me laugh. At least, uh, at least you know that Al Roker, if you went out to dinner with him, he probably could buy you a dinner. But, yeah. Um, you know, the thing about Al Roker, and I don't even know if you know this, Chris, um, growing up where you did, um, Al Roker used to be on uh, the news in Cleveland before he went national. Oh, okay. He was a TV uh, weatherman in Cleveland on WKYC. Yep. And um, he went from here to um, national in New York. And it's funny that we were watching this episode because as I was looking through, um, I honestly forget if it was Twitter or Facebook, but he came back this week to Cleveland and was like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, places and stuff. So it was pretty. It was pretty ironic, you know, that you know we were looking at him there, and you know he's always been like a, a good guy because I I've always I always remember him as really good for the city when he was here. So yeah, lots of interesting notes about our worker. I I don't usually check in the Today Show, but I remember oh he had that big deal where I guess he gave a fist pump to Joe Biden. When he became the vice president, and they made a big deal about how Biden ran over and gave him a fist pump on yeah. the parade route when he became president. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had the the stomach surgery. Um, yeah, yeah it was, he lost a dramatic amount of weight. He was very heavy here. Yeah, um, when he worked here. Yeah, um, was, so just lots of interesting segments of Al Roker's life. It's been a uh, good run. Yeah. Um. The only other thing that did, I mean, I don't know how much we talked about it on this. No, not a bunch, but the other, like, my takeaway from this whole episode is that Jerry, like, like I said earlier, Jerry is the big problem in this whole, whole episode. You know, the way that Costanza, uh, Mr. Costanza talks about Elaine and when the guy comes. And he said he's looking for Elaine, and she said, "Oh, she's my Mrs. Costanza." Said she's my son's friend, and and uh, Frank yells, and she's not welcome in this house. Yeah, she never she never turned on him, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, I would have, you know, it's not. I mean, she didn't take it; he just gave it to her, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm okay with Jerry being the foil to adding all kinds of craziness to the episode. I just, this is one of the Seinfeld episodes where, you know, don't have the cigar part of the story. I think that was by far the weakest storyline and called something else. I mean, I, 
I liked the whole George thing. I thought that was entertaining. Um, I, I thought Lane with the creepy guy and the whole deal about, you know, the TV guides. I mean, who collects TV guides? I mean, I'm sure there's people yeah, out there. collection. I, I mean, I, I really think Jerry's role in this was the third, you know, best. I mean, it was the weakest storyline, and it should have been called something to do with George's deal, you know? I mean, give George a little more screen time. I, I mean, I, I think that part was really funny. And I, I, the Jerry part, it just left me more confused and satisfied. And I, even the Elaine thing. I mean, the guy was weird, but it was kind of funny and how it intersected with uh, George and the girlfriend. I, I thought that was good. And maybe Jerry knew it. Maybe Jerry figured his role in this was just to aggravate the other people in the story. Yeah. I don't know. Just not I, well, and credit to Jerry because you know, you know, you, you had really talented co-stars. I, I guess you would call it with, uh, you know, George Lane and uh, Kramer. And hey, you spotlighted, you spotlighted a little bit of the best of those guys in there. And but I, I just maybe my concern is more of I didn't like the cigar store storyline. I didn't like the fact. That's what they called the show. I mean, call it something else. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so it's tough. What, was there anything else from this episode we should talk about? I'm trying to mm -hmm. make sure there was anything else major. Um, I'm looking through my notes. I always take notes as I watch. I think we've hit on every major thing that I've noticed. Yeah, I, I just to me, the TV guys are weird to collect. I used to be a baseball card collector, and the big magazine was Beckett Baseball Card Monthly, and mm -hmm. I used to collect those, but after a while, I felt weird if I even collected those, so I don't know. And maybe I'm not a collector anymore. Is there any old magazines that you once collected? You know, it's funny. When I um, went, I don't know if you ever heard of um, Real Simple Magazine. Yes. Um, I used to save them, thinking oh. I was going to go back and you know, find like ideas and stuff. But then when I moved to Canton, I was like, I don't need 4,000 of these magazines. And I threw them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I have a book series. I have all the books of, but I'm not really collecting. Them. I'm not like keeping a pristine condition. It's just a series that when I have time to read, I'll sit and read a book from it. But yeah, I'm not as much of a collector anymore. I don't know. I, I get fascinated by shows like Pawn Stars that you can, you know, see how much stuff's worth. But yeah, I'm not that collector guy anymore. But I, 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 it's very strange, very strange. So I think having everything digital now makes it easier not to have physical, so much physical stuff. You know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, looking back at newspapers, man, my my thing. Uh, you know, we were putting out what was it? We were putting out four editions. So, I mean, it was very similar papers, but it was four different editions of the same paper. And if we were late, they're late enough, I'd take one or two, maybe three of each edition. And my wife would get so upset going, man. And I, I never really collected News Heralds, but it started to stack up. It really made my wife mad. Yeah. It's funny. I still have a bunch of my uh, papers and clips from when I was in college. Really? Oh. 
upstairs, yeah. For I don't know why. I mean, because we don't you don't send that kind of resume if you're looking for a job anymore. So whenever I find them, they will be hitting me, hitting the outbox. <laughs> The, the problem I have is links that I've written. Um, obviously, you know, the internet wasn't as pronounced back in the old time, but I know a lot of papers I used to work for, they would change their web system and they would lose old content, which was tough. I mean, uh, we're having that issue a little bit where we work at now, but especially look at papers that worked in the past. I mean, a place I was an editor for, I, I used to write up some stuff for them. I think there's one link that's still available which is crazy because i worked there for a couple of years so very strange so all right well, let's take a look at next week what we're talking about um very excited about this one. Oh, the library yeah yeah i am too very excited about this episode yeah phil baker hall is the library investigation officer yes very underrated i i, I don't know if i would rank that one at my top but it is a very good episode. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it's in my list that I made um I think it was I think I ended when I added one that we went over recently. I think I have eighteen on my seventeen on my list now. So, I don't know if it would be in my top seventeen, but I'm looking at this vulture list we're basing this podcast off of. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at and it's a forty six, which I would classify as probably a little bit too low in my opinion. So yeah, it's a good one. It's right up there for me. Very because the way that he talks to him when he comes to the house is just ridiculous. Yeah. And when he to one of the best parts of that conversation is where he says, you know, you don't have any Sanka. Why don't you have any Sanka? <laughs> yeah. Makes me laugh. Very well, and it's you know, I think you said it. I mean, if somebody remembers one thing from his podcast. I remember what Laura said about Seinfeld. It's just it's a show about people who have a hard time communicating. I mean that's that's probably a good way of of saying Seinfeld in a sentence. Yeah, it's good. Not really a show about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, because honestly, the more you think about, it, I mean, you know, I've I've heard people talk about it, that's other people. Man, you know, you can put Seinfeld. A lot of our lives can be based on a Seinfeld episode, and you know, I, I find true with a lot of these guys. But I, I think again, you know, it's interpersonal communications. I took a class about that in college, and I'm sure if I was teaching that today, I could pretty much play a lot of Seinfeld clips in that. So, it should be good. So, yeah, next week, look forward to getting back together and discussing the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, as always, thanks. I appreciate it, and. Have a good rest of your day. Um, you know, for Laura, this is Chris. Uh, thanks for checking out the Seinfeld episode uh, podcast. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.